Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, well, hey, everybody. Uh, this episode this week is a little bit of a different one. I'm actually uh, on tour at the moment doing a bunch of live events, and I decided to record one to give you a little bit of a taster as to what a sentimental garbage live event actually looks and sounds like. Um, in case, well, in case we come to a town near you this summer and you want to buy a ticket. Um, my guest today was Emer McLeisett and I recorded at the Court Festival in Galway. I want to shout out to our stage manager, Naomi Cantwell, and Dan Smith, the sound engineer, who uh, made this lovely recording possible at the Town Hall Theatre in Galway. Um, it's kind of a far-reaching chat. We uh, start with a conversation about Emer's work, which is um, of the Oh My God, What a Complete Ashling series that are absolutely huge in Ireland and huge with Irish communities abroad. Um, so there's some conversation about that. We also talk about uh, Karen's and whether Ashling is one. We talk about roast dinners. We talk about Taylor Swift's break up we talk about performative activism on social media we have basically a big lucky dip talking about rom-coms teen movies it's a really really nice conversation um there's a couple of places where you know you might need some context or have been in the room but i don't think on balance too many um i hope you enjoy it and if you want me to come to your town please email me at sentimentalpod at gmail.com with suggestions of uh, venues I might reach out to just you know constructive <laughs> constructive feedback I can use as opposed to you know just the statement come to Brazil um okay that's it for me I think I hope you enjoyed this episode Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society sometimes makes us feel ashamed of. My name is Caroline and I'm speaking to you live from Court Literary Festival in Galway. Joining me, joining me is a woman whose Facebook posts I've been reading since 2010, Emer Are we that old? We're that, we're ancient, <laughs> babes. Um, I'm so, I'm so delighted to have you on the podcast. Uh, we have been exchanging emails about you coming on the podcast for a very long time and it took the administrative body that is Court Festival yeah. to make it happen. Yeah, I think we were supposed to do an Alanis Morissette episode at one point. Oh yeah! I mean, it might still come, you never know. You and I correspond as if the famine ships are still going, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a, yeah. <laughs> there's like every like uh, 11 weeks you to might five sit, months, like, I might know? sit down at my correspondence desk and write a little <laughs> yeah. note and then six weeks later, <laughs> yeah. a little bluebird will drop a little note from Caroline exactly. back in. But we're as bad as each other when it comes to responding to emails. Know, yeah. But we've both acknowledged that that's the case. And that's fine. Yeah. I think that's nice, actually. Yeah. Um, but I, I've actually <laughs> even, um, I've wanted to have you on. But also, more than that, I think Ashling and your body of work is actually the perfect uh, sentimental garbage topic, really. Because it's this thing where it's like, which is not to say, like, because it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is but thing. it is a thing that probably some parts of society think is dumb. <laughs> well, no, it's it's more that it's it's um the 
the origin story for it, and I'm gonna, I know most of the people in this room know exactly where action came from, Ooh. but I'm saying this for the benefit of the recording and for the benefit of international audience. Oh my God, what a complete Ashling began as a Facebook post in 2008, I believe. Around 2008, 2009, yeah. Yeah. So I was just saying to you earlier, this is the first time I think I've done a literary event or a festival without Sarah yeah. Green, who I write the books with. So I feel, <laughs> I'm like, she's here in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sarah and I have been friends for years and we lived together um, as students. And then afterwards, when we had our first kind of jobs at the height of the Celtic Tiger. And Ashling was just a character we came up with, just like sitting around under blankets, feeling hungover, ordering pizzas. And it was just like we used to just, you know, kind of shoot things back and forth. And we just came up with this character. And I think we always kind of trace it back to the first trait of Ashling was that she is the person who's buying brown mascara. Yeah. Because we, we were like, it's out there. There's obviously a market for it. <laughs> Well, who is buying who it? Is I think it? it's back. It's, it yeah, back? it's big on TikTok. Oh my God, full circle. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was kind of, we kind of just started adding little characteristics to this woman who was buying the brown mascara. Yeah. And I was like, why wouldn't you just buy black? Like, it just doesn't make any, any sense. It's because you've read an article in a magazine that's like, if you have fair colouring, you may want to... F it's like the same kind of person who identifies themselves as being a pear or an apple. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Someone, someone who took Trini and Susanna at their word. Yeah. And who's probably still taking Trini yeah. at their word, you know? <laughs> like, I was addicted to, mag to like teenage magazines yeah. in the late 90s into the 2000s. And there's things I read in those magazines that I'm still like, no, that's probably true. Yeah. But yet I now know several people who worked and edited teenage girls magazine. And I believe Sarah is one of them. Sarah is one of them. Now, Sarah never made anything up, ever. <laughs> but some of the stuff in those magazines was made up. But I they still in, stuck in my brain, like, if you do this, you know, you won't get any spots. Or if you do yeah, this, yeah. your hair will look better or whatever. But um, yeah. anyway, back to Ashley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sarah and I came up with her. Um, this was in the era before group messaging, before WhatsApp, before any of that came about. Even I don't even know Facebook Messenger was even a thing. Mm. Facebook was kind of just becoming really, really popular. And the only way to share what we called our Ashlingisms yeah. was to put them in a Facebook group. And that way they could be seen by our friends who got really into the idea of Ashling really quickly. Like they yeah. all got it really quickly and they were like, well, Ashling does this and Ashling would never do that. And then that's how she was born, kind of. But it was also this era on Facebook where you would join groups that were just statements. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it was just like, um, like the group for people who always buy rock shandy in a can, but not in a bottle or yeah. whatever. It's like, that's the, that's the group kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it sort of, it grew there. And, you know, I was in Cork in a house share, you know, and this is, you were writing it when you were hungover. I was reading it when yeah. I was hungover. And uh, it was like, by bit by bit, you like, it kept adding sort of qualities to this woman and she just became this fully fledged person over a period of years. Mm. And what I find so fascinating about Ashling is that she was an affectionate term for being a basic bitch before we had that term. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Ashling was the ba like the most basic of brown mascara wearing basic Yeah, bitches. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no offense to anyone who was wearing brown mascara, it's very trendy now. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But like we loved, like Sarah and I talked about her ad nauseum. Like we would just, she just lived yeah. with us. I remember one day in particular, like we were doing a very rare, like Hoover of the flat. 
And I can't remember <laughs> if it was me or Sarah, but um, the one and, and two cent coins were going into the Hoover. Like we weren't yeah. standing down to pick those up. <laughs> and we were just like, Ashling would never Ashling do this. Ashling has never thrown out a lunchbox that just has a moldy something inside it and has just gone, no. Yeah. She'll throw the whole thing out. She probably wouldn't let it get moldy in the first place. But then when you when you built her up, when that when that first sort of novel landed, which was, what, six, seven years ago at this point, um, I think? I want to say 2017, yeah. the first book came out. And um, she was just so realised, and she was so that girl that everyone knew in their office, but they mm-hmm. didn't. I think the difference is, is that we talked earlier on about the kind of the Bridget Jones, Adrian Mould dichotomy. Yeah. I think Bridget Jones came along and people saw themselves in her. Yeah. They saw sort of like the single girl who is kind of glamorous, but doesn't sort of read herself as glamorous. Mm. And she is a, she is kind of, you know, making a taste of herself or whatever. But there's yeah. something still ultimately very appealing about her life. Yeah. Right. And then there's the Adrian Mould, who's more like you'd never want to identify yourself as an Adrian Mould. Yeah. And... Ashton kind of lives between that two things. Yeah, like a lot of people have, com- The Guardian being one of them, compared Ashling to Bridget Jones. Yeah. <laughs> me yeah. and Sarah's greatest day. Um, yeah. But I think for me anyway, one of my biggest, I don't know about influences, but like a- the Adrian Mould books and Sue Townsend's work as a whole yeah. was probably, they're probably my favourite books ever. Like they're the ones I've gone back to. They're the ones I recommend to people like Queen and I, which we've spoken about is one of my favourite books ever, which is a non-Adrian Mole book, which is so brilliant. So I think kind of unconsciously, Adrian Mole was kind of influencing me when I was writing Hearts of Ashling, because Adrian thinks that he's the cleverest person alive. I think when I was reading them as a child, I thought he was very clever. But now in hindsight... He was a, like a dope and a dose, but yeah. like still <laughs> a dose for the ages. Still yeah. lovable. Ashling is neither of those things, but yeah. she is very secure in what she thinks is right is right. Yeah, and I don't mean like very hardline, you know, political statements. I just yeah. mean like well, don't hoover up two cent pieces, you know, or or just like uh, don't use kitchen roll when a J class will do kind yeah. of thing. Like yeah. I've learned kitchen many... roll is decorative. Yeah. Kitchen roll is decorative. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, no, totally. And like, as well, just to go back to the Adrian Mole thing, which I know we're both massive fans, like you, you pick up a new edition of an Adrian Mole and like 13 and three quarters or any of the classic ones. And it'll be like, side splittingly funny. I was roaring laughing. Mm. Oh, the Guardian, oh, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but actually, when I read them, uh, the older I get, the more empathetic I feel. Yeah. I'm like this poor kid, like this poor... Like, yeah, he's pretentious and he's a dose, like, but like he, he also deserves better than the parents that he's getting. Yeah, he had a really tough home life yeah. and not a lot of support from his parents at really pivotal points of his life. Yeah. And still managed to pull it through and really backed himself a lot. Yeah. Even yeah. though he, you know, he worried about the spots a lot and this and that. But I mean, he wrote to the BBC ad nauseum and kept, and they eventually, I think, got they him on. They eventually got him on, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, like I love it. Adrian. Adrian has such a fond place in my heart and yeah. I feel kind of the same about Ashling. I feel very similarly about Ashling because as well, it's like this thing that when, for some reason over the last few years, people have started to take satire very seriously. Do you mm. know what I mean? They're really quick to judge whether or not the satire is doing its job or is not. Is it biting enough? Is it biting enough kind of thing? <laughs> exactly. And what both you and Sue Townshead did with those Ashling books is like, you created a critique of a society that was also incredibly gentle. Mm. And like, I'm, I'm curious now because when you get that Ashlyn character, um, she is like someone who's like fastidious. She's from the country. You know, we kind of see her. She's, she's 
probably, she's never dyed her hair a color that doesn't occur in nature. Do you no. know what I mean? She's like, never dyed her hair full stop. She's yeah. dyed her hair full yeah. stop. She's like, I have grand thick hair and you wouldn't want to mess with that. It has a lovely kink. It <laughs> has a lovely kink in it. Yeah. She thinks it goes, you know, uh, blonde and at the front when she goes on a sun holiday. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, and probably God buys lovely. the John Frieda Hello Sunshine sort of like. Even uh, that would be a stretch for Ashley. Yeah, she likes her virgin hair. She's very proud this of it. it. You've lived with this woman for so like 20 years yeah. now, basically. I mean, she is kind of base. Obviously, there's traits taken from a few different people, you know, that we've yeah. known throughout our lives. No one person. Yeah. And people often ask, like, oh, was there somebody called Ashling? And I'm like, well, A, if there was, we'd be pretty silly to yeah. then call the character Ashling. <laughs> um, but no, there isn't, you know, yeah. the name Ashling was kind of a fluke. It was either going to be Ashling or Deirdre or yeah. Neve or Kira or Maeve. Right. Um, <laughs> and it, but also, just, it, I think it did speak to this kind of anxiety where it was like, you know, I know she's still in the works, she's still moving and shaking and doing things, but she's been around in our lives a long time, um, where it spoke to, like, girls you know, from rural areas in Ireland, like moving to cities for the first time, mm -hmm. moved to Cork, Galway, Dublin, you know, whatever. There aren't that many in cities in, London, in yeah. Ireland to uh, choose from. I mean, I was one of those girls and so yeah. was Sarah. Yeah. I can remember, the f you know, I, I, I'm from Kildare, which now, because the world is getting smaller, is almost a suburb of Dublin. But when yeah. I grew up, it was, Dublin might as well have been 300 miles away. Yeah. Like we went maybe twice a year yeah. and that was it. Um, and I remember we occasionally as a teenager getting a bus up to Dublin. But then I remember starting college in Dublin and getting off the bus on Bachelor's Walk and like not really knowing how to get to college. Like all I knew was how to get from the bus to the college and back. Yeah. Like I didn't know anything beyond that. And like it sounds very bumpkin now that I'm saying yeah. it, but like how well, that was she, it. <laughs> because the books have done so well internationally, but the books like speak to something in every person and definitely every Irish woman, whether she goes abroad or whatever, is like of just feeling very parochial, just mm. feeling like, you know, I'm from Cork and Cork is perfect, but like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I still had to do the Ashling voyage of going to London and just be, you know, no one's heard of your university and no one cares about anything you've ever done mm. and, uh, and having to deal with that. But like, as, as she's aged, what I'm most curious about now, because you kind of, you premeditated the kind of idea of like a basic bitch or whatever. And now even that slang word, like Ashling has lasted past, before that and she's lasted past it. She's beyond trend. She's this, she's character. She's in the literary cycle now, the way Sherlock Holmes is and the way James Bond is. She, as far as I'm concerned, she's there. Sherlock, James and Ashling. Yeah. She's a fixed star in the sky. Um, but the new, as she grows older, she's growing into this new saying that we have, which is the, the notion of the Karen. Yeah. Um, and there, it's like, weirdly, Karen is like a funhouse mirror version of Ashling, where it's like, yeah. and, and like people, people, you would tell me what your experience yeah, is. Yeah, like, um, definitely we, when the, I, the notion of a Karen first came about, like, I remember doing an interview, me and Sarah did an interview with Ryan Tuberty on his radio show, mm -hmm. maybe for the second Ashling book or something like that. And he um, went straight in. He was like, oh, she's a bit of a Karen, isn't she? And we were just yeah. like, no, she's not. Like, she's, that's such a one-dimensional way of looking at it. Like, maybe she, you know, because the idea of a Karen, first of all, it was very much a very kind of strident and shrill woman who was mm -hmm. giving out about something and probably was being a bit racist and probably, yeah. you know, had been very privileged in middle-class America. Yeah. And it kind of became a catch-all term for any woman giving out. Yeah. And it was, yeah. had very negative connotations. And we were like, our Ashling just isn't, 
like that. Like, she's not just a person who gives out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she gives out, but she really thinks it's the, oh, her she, place she, to be giving out. She's leaving the, the signs in Comic Sans in the office about, please wash up your teaspoons kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which we would, you know, debate whether or not that's like, quote unquote, Karen behaviour. Yeah, maybe Karen would have maybe like a fit in the office about it or something. Yeah. Or I don't know what Karen... But yeah, I mean, we have... We've definitely defended Ashling yeah. in the face of, you know, the Karen movement. I mean, I feel sorry for people yeah. called Karen. I know that <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the name has dropped off, like baby name, red, you know, yeah, yeah. across the Western world. It's just like nobody's called Karen anymore. I'm very worried about it, personally speaking. I, like, I, I, and I do understand where it comes from. And, and also it, it speaking to this kind of like, benign, seemingly benign aggression of like mm. white women, particularly in the US, the kind of, the can I speak to the manager thing that like, you know, uh, see, seeing that there's certain people kind of like loitering in your car park and phoning the yeah. police. And, then, and I mean, we only like, know about them because of social media. We only know exactly. about them because of Instagram, Snapchat first, Instagram, yeah. TikTok now. I mean, if people weren't filming them, putting them online, we wouldn't, these women would yeah. have just gone and gone about their business yeah and I, people. And I think it's a, it is to a point a useful thing for like identifying the people who are like benignly holding up sort of like racism or, or various injustices that exist societally but it worries me because mm. I feel like I am seeing women who are simply standing up for themselves or advocating for themselves or just saying to the hotel manager that you screwed me on this room yeah. do you know what I mean and the is response is okay Karen yeah it's I mean <laughs> The whole Karen thing became so big and it became so worldwide, or at least Western, you know, yeah. we really cottoned on to the idea of a Karen and, you know, there were Irish Karens and this and that. Yeah. I think like a lot of things that end up on the internet, they just blow out of proportion yeah. and it's, you can't really put your finger on, but I get, what, I get what you mean about, you know, if anyone, if any woman complains about anything, especially on yeah. a platform like Twitter, it's like, okay, Karen. Yeah, yeah. And it, it also speaks, and we've been, you know, women older than us for generations have been saying the same thing to us that I hit 45 or I hit 50 or whatever, whatever age and, and I stopped being visible kind of thing. Mm. And not only did I stop being visible, that when I tried to be visible, it was seen as an annoyance. Yeah. And so I see that the kind of Karen movement as being a sort of a Trojan horse. It's like, yeah, you think you're, the people who are using it are, they, they seem to think that they're speaking out for a kind of a broader societal mm. inequality, but actually it's just telling women to shut the fuck yeah. up, you know? Also, I re-watched Bowling for Columbine there recently, which I think How did that hold up? Like, okay, <laughs> but um, there's a part in it where, it, I don't know, if, maybe a lot of you have seen it, it's about that the high school shooting in yeah, Columbine. Yeah, but it was back when Michael Myers was like the truth teller It was like the early today. 2000s, but he does a section in it where he talks about fear and fear in America. Yeah. And... That, that very much holds up today because I think a lot of, not just the car movement, but people being filmed and people, a lot of it is because of fear. It's like, are they going to attack me? Does she think I'm going to attack her? And they're yeah. filming each other. And then even though nothing has happened, it turns into this big deal. Yeah. I don't know. Filming, I don't know. It's Filming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not for it. Um, before we move on to the, um, the garbage of the day, uh, <laughs> I want to just thank you because today is a Sunday. Today is a Sunday. And you should be in a row somewhere right oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. With, 
Esther or more Donahue. Esther or more Donahue, my friend and eating roast and podcasting. <laughs> yeah. So so I used to, I have to give you the context for which when I was listening to your podcast last night, which is um the full title is Emer and Esther's, Esther's Sunday Roast, roast with Emer and Esther. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that title, like we never even really discussed. Like I don't remember ever having a discussion about it. It was just that's what it's called. <laughs> it's so funny and it epitomizes everything that it's all about. It's kind of like a kind of a sense of showmanship, but about nothing. <laughs> and I just yeah. find that sort of like tap dancing about gravy. It's just yeah. like, I just find it so charming. Esther literally tap dances. She has that the shoes and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just find it's the kind of vaudevillianness of that I find so hilarious. It's just really my sense of humor. And um, the... The first episode, me and my mother were in our twin bedroom in the hotel, up the house hotel that we're in court are putting us up in twin beds, sharing one sheet mask between us. How? <laughs> well, I'd have it for Half five each. minutes and then she'd have oh, it for five minutes and then okay. we'd swap back. You could, because, have, you could have cut it in half and then worn yeah. it on one side, like the Phantom of the Opera, and then flipped it over. <laughs> And, um, and we were listening to, to the first episode and um, this bit that I was absolutely roaring. You were talking about buying a rotisserie chicken from a supermarket. Oh, yeah. Which in, in earlier times was referred to as the bachelor's handbag. Has <laughs> <laughs> a little handle. <laughs> he's going home. Or the working he's man's cute, He's sassy. <laughs> yeah. For the working gentleman who doesn't have a lady in his life. Um, I, before we move on, I would just love to know, like, uh, of all the roasts that you've eaten as part Ooh. of this podcast, what are you finding? What are the most common pitfalls? Oh, roast potatoes. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cooking roast potatoes en masse are, is obviously a problem. Because yeah. <laughs> Esther and I have come up against it. We've eaten, mm. I would say at this stage, 15 roast dinners and carveries together. Yeah. And the roast potatoes are almost always the pitfall. And do you know what I like that? Because... Making a roast potato for someone is an act of love. Mm -hmm. It's an act of profound intimacy to stand over the, the goose fellas spitting at you, turning them over or whatever, making them crispy because your friends are coming over and your family are coming over and you should not be making roast potatoes for anything more than a dozen people. Yeah. Do you know what? We have developed an appreciation for a carvery roast potato. We have acknowledged that it's mm. not going to be that very crispy, yeah. you know, fresh. It has a leathery oven. finish. So we've kind of, we've almost devised a kind of an appreciation scale in terms of taste size presentation mm. those kinds of things okay so we give them a little bit we went to one posh re posh ish restaurant for a roast mm -hmm. and it was 28 euro for the roast and the roast potatoes were raw oh. they looked nice <laughs> wounding I won't well, making I won't a roast potato is an act of love and making a bad roast potato is yeah. an act of violence I won't name the place here I won't name it here. This is an international podcast. <laughs> I don't want to get sued, but I will never darken Let's its doors again. Let's put them out of business. <laughs> Let's put them out of business. Um, okay, we're going. Um, we've picked out a couple of news stories that we thought were interesting, and what we're calling garbage du jour. Mm. Ooh la la! Um, ooh la la! <laughs> just kind of news stories of the day that have just kind of provoked us that have a kind of a pop culture bent to it. Mm. The first one. It's April. Yes. It's breakup season. Oh, yes. I remember vividly when I was in college, uh, 
April would always be study month, sun would be shining, people getting their bits out or whatever, or people being like very stressed about exams. And you'd see all over the quad and you see, see people breaking, breaking it off, off with each other. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. It was so They wanted to make good. way for some summer romances. Yeah, yeah. They were sick of looking at each other. They had exams. Yeah. They were like, what are we doing with you? It's always someone's not observing the other one's seriousness about exams yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And then, of course, at the end of summer comes cuffing season where mm -hmm. people start to, you know... There's cuffing season yeah. and there's culling season. Yeah. And we're certainly <laughs> in it right now. But we've and had I, some, some famous... We've had some famous. Yeah. But it, it is mimicking the breakups that I used to observe uh, back during college when you'd see one very type A girl who was like, you're not respecting my study schedule. And also I have a J1 coming up yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> oh my God. Which I saw what Taylor Swift is doing. I, <laughs> I did that. I ended, yeah. uh, it wasn't much of a relationship, but I broke up with somebody before going on my J1. He was lovely. Yeah. What was I doing? He was a carpenter. Wow. <laughs> They're very hard to get these days. You know? Anyway, where is wow. he now? Can't remember his name. <laughs> we can find him, you know? It's an international podcast. I think... Wherever he is. I think I, he popped into my head a couple of years ago and I was like, oh, let's look him up. Let's find him on Facebook. Couldn't remember didn't know his name. It's just like, well, Carpenters Why Ireland. <laughs> Why are none of the X's online? Just, I, just, I think when, when, when a man has a, an online ex-girlfriend, he just doesn't want to give her the privilege. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I, I go searching for him. I can't sleep just like the rest of you. I'm like, what's he doing? Yeah. Nothing. Hasn't posted a picture in four months. How dare you? <laughs> an act of violence. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, no, you mentioned Taylor Swift. Yeah. yeah she, that, I, I was disappointed by that breakup. Okay. What do you think happened? We all know the exact same amount, which is nothing, which I think, I think it gives fertile ground for theories. I mean, there are theories. Mm -hmm. Well, number one TikTok theory is that she's gay. That she's gay, yeah. And the, the, she's a the, remarkable... Uh... Well, that's been going... I mean, that's, that theory's been around for a long, long time. Yeah, and yeah. Any, any friends in the queer community that I know are all very fans of that theory and they believe it and they're like mm. no it's absolutely true <laughs> um what i mean they were together i think around six years she is just embarked on a massive uh u.s tour that i hopefully will turn international because she hasn't announced an irish date yet and mm. come on <laughs> those crow park adjacent residents <laughs> are ready to start giving out <laughs> um come on joe duffy see what he can do so i don't know maybe she just got too busy Maybe, you know, often with those celebrity couples, they kind of, you know, they're apart too much. Mm -hmm. They spent the whole of the pandemic together. So I think maybe they were just sick of the sight of each other. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. They seemed like a lovely couple. I was rooting for them. He is blonde. They look, they, <laughs> they look alarmingly like siblings. And yeah. I think that often works, actually. I'm marrying someone who looks like her really related to me, which is going to be fun, I think. Oh. Um, but um, well, here's what I think. I was going deep on old Joe Alwyn's IMDb page the other day. Go on. Now. <laughs> Tell me more about him than he's blonde. <laughs> other than the fact that he's blonde, right? Almost everything that young man has been in has been like something that like a, um, uh, a focus group of people who'd work for Taylor Swift be like, what would be okay for Taylor Swift's boyfriend to be in? I'm talking conversations mm. with friends. I'm talking Lena Dunham's movie she did for he Amazon. He was like the favourite though. That was, was very avant-garde. Yeah, but yeah, but it's all, it's kind of like avant-garde in the sense of like a gal's book club kind of avant-garde. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it all feels like it fits very neatly in with the brand. Mm. And I, th I think 
she was giving him great introductions to whoever was running conversations with friends and told him that accent was fine. And, um, but I also think he was like, I, I think he was like, I want to go out for a Guy Ritchie movie. I want to swear on screen and smoke a doobie. And, and, and she was like, and no she way. was like, no, it's not good for the brand, babes. And I think she locked his passport Ooh. in the security box. Yeah. And I think, yeah. That's a theory. That's a theory. That is a theory. I don't know what my theory is. I was sad when I heard they broke up broken up and I was just coming off my absolute sadness about Phoebe and Paul. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, that's, that was before Christmas and I'm still not. <laughs> like he po is anyone following his semi-secret Instagram account? No. Oh, it's called Big Bread Peddler. <laughs> Get your phones out. <laughs> Big Bread Peddler. Peddler. And I've been following him for ages, but he only had, like, up until quite recently, he only had, like, maybe 8,000 followers or something. Um, but he shared something on his st Instagram story, and I clicked on the picture, and it said Phoebe Br liked Phoebe Bridges, and I was like, oh my God, she liked the picture, she liked the picture. picture, picture yeah. The picture was from last year. Mm. I was like... But I, I feel like... If those two pair up for a breakup Sorry, album. for anyone who doesn't know mm. who we're talking about, it's Paul Mescal and Phoebe Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> So Paul Meskel, Kildare's beloved son, was going out with Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, yeah. Um, beloved American songstress. Yeah, good. Thank you for the context. Or is she Canadian? Yeah, she's it's American. All piece, she's American. Isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, she she came to Maynooth for Christmas. They she you know it was like do you remember the time Renee Zellweger and Damien Rice were going out and they were seen in the Selbridge and Tesco. <laughs> I do not recall. <laughs> This was like that. <laughs> I know, I know. God, it's in, like, it is a weird situation right now. Cause like, I, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not living here anymore and I'm, you know, trying to sell my books as, as TV shows and trying to, as you are as well, and trying to make it all happen for myself. And it is mad walking into like American, mainly American offices or whatever. And they're like, we just love that you're Irish. <laughs> you know what I mean? More than ever. I mean, people have always been kind of creaming their jeans about Ireland. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's never oh, been. <laughs> that's, that's not new, but it feels like since between Paul and the Banshees and the Pillow Queens, it, it just feels like everything's kind of, the trade winds are really like blowing in a way that's almost aggressive, where I'm just like, I can think of more Irish things to say. Yeah, uh, the Oscars mash. was, like, the Oscars was almost too much. I know. People were like viewing parties, I'm staying up with so many yeah. Irish people there, oh, too many Irish people there. But yeah, it feels like Ireland's having a moment. Yeah, um, I have no idea how to avail of it. No. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> How can we? How can we? You and I personally yeah. become multi. You know they have those like Oscar Wilde Oscars luncheon in in yeah. Los Angeles, and you're like, why am I not there? <laughs> <laughs> Sarah and I. This is going to come. Might say this is going to sound weirdly big headed, but it's not at all. We were both came, independently came to the conclusion that we should have somehow been involved in the Joe Biden visit. <laughs> in the what? The Joe Biden visit. Oh my god. I was just kind of like. I feel like we, I just feel like we, I know. we could have had a, a meal with him or something. I don't know. This is, <laughs> this is me and Dolly and the end just like that season too. They're like, they know we're out here. Yeah. They know we're doing, like, why, why you haven't we have gotten an email? Yeah. Yeah, a bit part, at least. Yeah, you should. You mean non-speaking roles. Come I didn't on. even see Joe Biden. He drove past my house and in a huff, I didn't close the curtains. 
<laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Slighting me in such a way. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to the suggestions portion yeah, of the I'm evening? Excited and scared. Can't wait to see. Yeah, this is a genuine sort of trepidation. Do you want to do the first well, I one? one? Okay. 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 So and thank you for contributing, everybody. It's very oh, kind. this is very long. Oh no. Okay. Okay. Someone okay. had bullet points. I saw. Okay, but things are really jumping out at me. Okay. 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 Pick your faves. Okay. Uh, Ten things I hate about you. Yes. One of the best rom-coms of all time. Mm. Um, I was in Canada for a summer when it came out and me and my friend watched it over and over again. Mm. And I think I broke up with somebody over the phone who was back in Ireland because he wasn't Heath Ledger. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a hard thing to be dealing with when they're not yeah. Heath Ledger. Yeah, this is, someone has just listed some just, just really just amazing the stuff. Just that they like. Um, um, the thing about 10 Things I Had About You is because it was based off of The Taming of the Shrew, right? And yeah. it was part of that um, uh, 90s stroke noughties kind of thing of like, plays from the 15th century, but teenagers with money in them. Yeah. Like, and we, so there was Clueless, there was, um, they did Othello, they did it with a called O or something. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, there was one voice going, yeah. Yeah, they it. did. <laughs> Someone was down in Extra Vision printing that out every Friday night. Um, and then they had like, obviously Dangerous Liaisons with mm -hmm. Cruel Intentions. And so like, do you think that, are they doing that still? The kind of like the great literature, but now for teens? I don't think so. I mean, I think, Books being adapted into TV shows and movies is a massive, massive industry. I mean, it's always been an industry, yeah. but it's happening just yeah, constantly. Like before books are even out. And young adult books, up. I think, yeah. particularly. So we had, what was the one on Netflix? To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Yeah. Um, I haven't read any of those books, but I loved that series. And I it was love so it. Beautifully, it was so beautifully done. shot. Yeah. Beautifully shot. And there's one on Amazon, The Summer I Turned Pretty, which is the same author. Yeah. And I think there's a second Jenny season. Jenny Han, I think. Jenny yeah. Han, yeah. But actually, this person has actually said, biggest changes in rom-coms in the 2000s compared to the 90s. Oh. Oh, interesting. That's an interesting one. Um, so I think they're now all on streaming, aren't they? Yeah. They're, like, they're, it's, it's, uh, this is actually some, I think about something else that I had written down earlier on, which was, it now takes so much for people to go to the cinema that I find it increasingly interesting what people are willing to put their money on kind yeah. of thing. And I remember years and years, when I first moved to London 12 years ago, um, I did a film internship kind of like at a, at, a, at a film website back when people would go to websites. Yeah. You would write www.myfavoritewebsite.com. Yeah. And now it's just like, there's social media and there's The Guardian, The Times, The Irish Times, whatever. There's yeah. like the news, but everything else is gone. But there was a time when lovely browsable media was there and it was fun and it wasn't horrible to read. And you would go and see the rom-coms in the cinema. And you'd go and see the rom-coms. But a rom I, I think get a rom-com making it to the cinema these days would yeah. be very unusual. But this thing, so I remember back then when I was doing that film writing internship, a, a new story came through the wire that was like, they're making a film of hungry, hungry hippos. And the, 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 everyone in the office absolutely ripped the piss. They were like, oh, like Jeremy Renner plays Green Hippo, you know, <laughs> like it's the role of a lifetime. Um, and we were like, this is, this is bonkers if they yeah. wouldn't make it. And now it's 12 years later and the number one grossing movie that's not a superhero movie right now is Air, which is a movie about Air Jordans yeah. that does not feature Michael Jordan. That is simply, it's, I think it's Ben Affleck, ben Affleck. directing Matt Damon. Um, and I think we all, I don't know, do we feel sort of slightly that they belong to us as Irish people because they're just big guys who are always in trouble? 
I just feel like there are older yeah. cousins that like who are just have a, a light gambling problem who are always in the pub. And That's I mean, how they feel. If, they're, if at least one of their parents is an Irish, then their their grandparents are definitely Irish. So I think yeah. maybe that's why they feel. They so just they, they feel like they belong to us. I think it's yeah. the the, um, the Boston thing as well. And the goodwill hunting of it. Goodwill, goodwill yeah. hunting of it all. Um, but so you know that's a movie that is about a brand of shoes that were incredibly iconic. And then obviously on the other kind of end of things, we have the Barbie movie coming out in oh, June, which I'm so excited, so excited. about. <laughs> and it's going to be so good. But it's really interesting to me that the Hungry Hungry Hippos concept is no longer amazing because we're just taking things. It's like, it's no longer, we're telling these great stories like of like, oh, the, you know, the Rosa Parks story or like some inventors mm. or whatever. It's, it's like... Isn't there a film out now, te- the Tetris The, the Tetris movie. Has anyone, what is that about? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it's really good I actually have heard it's really good but I, I haven't watched any trailers yeah. I am a fan of Tetris finished it on the Game Boy in, you finished, finished Tetris who on finishes the Tetris listen I lived in the countryside that's what just <laughs> um, but it's like we have to in order for anybody to go to the cinema we have to sort of like oh it's a thing I've, it's like a, a not even just a person's story it's like an inanimate object mm. and like that I don't know kind of bums me out does yeah. it bum you out it is a bit grim, and you're, you are seeing a lot of films for the first time on a small screen. Yeah. Like, I went to see everything everywhere all at once in mm-hmm. the cinema, and I'm so glad I did, because I tried to re-watch it then on a small screen, and I was like, this doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, it's too small. It needs to be bigger. But, I mean, a lot of people saw it for the first time on, I know. on a small screen, and, you know, won all the Oscars this year, and people loved it, but... It's kind of sad that a lot of films aren't yeah. getting their big screen. But I mean, I, I don't think any rom-com would make it. No. I, I can't even think. Wasn't there one out recently with George Clooney and Julia Roberts? And Julia Roberts, Roberts yeah. And Destination was kind of, Wedding, I think. Yeah. There was a big fuss when it was announced, but then it came out. Nobody talked about it. There was nothing really about it. it probably in cinemas for, you know, half a day or something. And yeah, then yeah. replaced by captain something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> captain something yeah um yeah let's let's take another one another okay. unless there's more things on that piece of paper. i mean there's a lot but i there's think there's a dissertation there there's i mean i just got the princess diaries gilmore girls sophie kinson legally blonde you've got mail you, i mean okay we've done episodes yes. on many of those yes, so I, all of those I ask things. you to consult <laughs> the archives a favorite ya book series oh my one <laughs> <laughs> oh this is a fun question okay do you think social media has given rise to a lot of performative activism Ooh. Ooh. Here with okay, the hard hitting questions. Performative <laughs> activism. That's, I mean, that's a layered question. Yes. And I think it's interesting because like, you and I, I, I imagine, you know, both of us have, have some kind of social media yeah. profiles or whatever. And I, you know, both of us are empathetic feeling people. And I imagine, I, I haven't spoken to you about this, but like absolutely confused as to what my role in anything is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of being on the one hand, like not a particularly newsy person don't really you know I kind of get I tend to get news stories three or four days late which <laughs> used to be a fine thing do you know what I mean yeah. like when I think about my parents generations and down to watch the 601 news and like getting your dose of news once a day yeah isn't that mad yeah <laughs> like it's a mad thing to think about to not be like constantly being updated on something and so and also being like I feel like and I know you have a similar thing in your work where when I want to express my feelings politically about something I tend to do it through my work as in through my novels yeah and that and like like and that is guarantees many things part of which is that these 
uh, ideas are expressed through fictional characters and therefore are allowed to have nuance. So it's not specifically about what I think about something. It's many different characters representing many different viewpoints. Yeah. And therefore, it's it kind of it's an exploratory thing for yourself. It also goes to an editor and a publisher, mm -hmm. meaning that they check if you're not being an idiot. <laughs> and then it has time to... And then it's more like a solid idea of how I think about the world and what I think needs to change is expressed through a body of work that I took a year to make and is now on the shelves. As opposed to like, oh shit, something happened in Florida. You I know, <laughs> I better yeah. say something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you feel? I mean, definitely, I've definitely done what you've described there as in putting yeah. it, to, you know, through your work. But definitely as well, I probably have worried, am I partaking in performative activism myself? I mean, I can't really mm. speak for anyone else, but like definitely there are issues and you feel like you should talk about them, but am I doing enough? Am I just talking about them just so it looks like I'm talking about them? Yeah. Am I really the ally that I'm making myself out to be? And I'd like to think that I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. But I think that there probably are... I mean, things get blown out of proportion so much on social media. Mm. And I think sometimes people take it too far. Like, I can't really think of a specific example, but it's just... You know, I don't really believe in cancel culture. I think mm. probably if you're getting cancelled, you've probably done something pretty stupid. And a lot of people who've been cancelled have been fine and their careers have been totally fine. Yeah. But I think there probably is an aspect of people being overly um, right on on social mm. media and making issues out of things where oh, they don't really... I mean, like. we all have a friend who's always sharing the infographics, right? Yeah, where it's yeah. like a really cutesy, sort of like happy graphic where it's like, 10 reasons why you're part of the problem. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. all right, Mary. Like, you're, or the person who's yeah. saying, check your privilege is the most privileged person you know. Yeah. And you're like, mm -hmm. Yeah, and do you know what I can't stand? I'm sorry, this isn't nice. But um, there's like... There's, Go on. <laughs> There's a certain brand of like person online who like posts a thing where it's like stunning picture of their beautiful home and beautiful children. And then the caption underneath would be like, what you're not seeing oh, yeah. is, is the tantrums that took little Armanthia to get into the car, <laughs> trying to get the shoes on her darling feet, trying to get her into the burn, trying to get her out of the burn. You know, yeah. like, it's like, it's like trying to sort of like make a traumatic event out of what was yeah. essentially a nice family day out. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I had some uh, trials within yeah. it. It's like, I'm, I don't feel sorry for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, and I suppose on the other end of it then, if you think of something like the housing crisis, and there, are, there is a lot of activism going on around that and people like taking to the streets and protesting and doing, you know, doing what they can. But then there's a lot of people not taking part in those protests and just kind of adding to the, the noise online, but not yeah. really doing much about it and not, you know, talking to their TDs or voting yeah. or, you know, doing anything. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, as I said, it's a very layered question. And I think, yeah. yes, there is performative activism on social media. But there's also, it's also thing of like who decides what's performative. Mm, yeah. You know, I've definitely, you know, I've got, like anybody, I've got those people in my life who are like, ah, oh, yeah, I think you're unreal, do you? And <laughs> it's, an, it's important to keep those people around. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Back, back in the day, it was, you think you're it. Oh, you, oh, you think you're it, yeah. yeah. Um, and so the, you think you're it people in my life, they're like, if I, you know, you, you share a fundraiser or you share that you have donated to something or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, I think you're mm, little mm. miss over here. Yeah. It's like, you've kind of decided I'm being performative when I actually, I thought I, thought I was just lending my voice to a cause or, yeah. or you know what I mean? And like, hoping somebody else might then donate to the cause. And, right, so yeah. it's this thing, it's a bit like the Karen thing where it's like this utterly elastic definition that we're putting upon one another with absolutely no proof of intent. Tension, you know, 
Um, so, I don't know. It's, don't a, know. it's a big question, and thank you for asking <laughs> it. <laughs> um, I think we've got room for a few more, and um, then we'll do a short Q&A. Um, oh, what film TV character's wardrobe would you most like <gasps> to have? It's a good oh. one. I mean, I'm big into Shiv Roy at the moment now. Oh. I, has everyone caught up? Yeah. I've one no. episode to watch. So well, then careful. I won't. I, yeah. I mean, I've seen the but big episodes. I have episodes. things to say about I've seen the big episodes. <laughs> <laughs> She's not, is she? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, maybe because I've already just mentioned this film, but uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, the main mm. character of Cat, I remember scouring the shops looking yeah. for the very perfect pair of black trousers and yeah. she had these kind of platform flip-flops yeah so before their time oh so before their so time back now. and just the perfect little just very plain to and her eye just was scouring the clothes in that were amazing and I always remember as well where like um Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the actress who plays her sister are going through her wardrobe or her drawers and like yeah she has black underwear yeah. like, what yeah. does that mean it means she wants to have sex yeah <laughs> And then when the sister goes to the prom or whatever at the end and she has the big tulle the, skirt. Oh my God, the two-piece that's yeah. like a little kind of raspberry-coloured crop top and a two-piece skirt. I actually kind so of copying that outfit yeah. to go to a Trinity ball. It was all black, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, those outfits, they're, they're not that... Well, they're iconic to me. Yeah. So maybe I'll go with that. What about you? That, well, I, I definitely, I think, like, I don't know... I'm finding it harder to buy clothes than ever. Like this, is, mm. this comes from this was from much scouring online for this very <laughs> event. Like I was freaking out about what to wear tonight, and I, I, I don't know. I, I seem to have matured past my kind of sort of H and M ASOS phase, and I just feel like there's there's too many cutouts, and oh, like yeah. I think you think something's normal, and then it has no bag. Yeah. <laughs> and where's my bag? Or the go? bits at the side. What's that the about? Bit, the side bits. Don't love that. And I so I find that, that increasingly there's nothing for me there. And um, then, you know, but then if I want to go into the kind of the sophisticated ladies, the, the causes, I suppose, and uh, the hush and all that kind of... Hush? I've never even heard of that. Well, this is from Hush, actually. That's lovely. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like, I just like, you know, outfits for kind of like office, office lady kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I, I find I'm actually in a personal style freefall at the moment where I don't know who I'm supposed to be for the you next phase of my life. You mentioned Roy. I feel like I've seen a lot of, I mean, I think she looks fine. Like she is like rich lady Yeah, trousers. she looks fine. You're know. dead right. She looks fine. But like there's been, I feel like there's about a lot of like, oh, the wardrobe, they, they really do Shiv Roy dirty with those outfits. And I'm just yeah. like, what? She so, looks fine, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because she, it's like the biggest show on television and she's the only recurring female character in it. I mean, there's others that are on yeah. the sides, but it's really Shiv. And it's like, because we want, there's a lot of like, we want to put a lot of style and stuff on top of her. And we want yeah. to like, what's, Sarah Snook, what do you like? And she's like, I'm Australian. And you're like, yeah. Like, we, we, we want like a star to emerge. We're so hungry yeah. and thirsty for more content from those actors. are very brown. I feel They're like very everything brown. is brown. I don't even know why I said it. I just, it's more that like, that, that sort of level it's of tailoring and the wearing I've, of cream colors. And yeah. it's just, I, I feel find like that everyone wants to float around wearing a pair of big trousers. But yeah. they look great in them. And yeah. they're just the perfect, they sit on the shoe perfectly. And maybe you have some kind of, what are they called, cotigans? Cotigans. <laughs> oh, is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> My mum was wearing a cotigan earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Long, yeah, long, yeah, yeah. So Shiv Roy yeah. and Kat from 10 Things I Hate yeah. About You. <laughs> <laughs> there has 
to be some, oh my God, do you know who I was obsessed with? You know, in the White Lotus season two, mm-hmm. um, Megan Fahey. Now she says Fahey, but we know it's Fahey. Which one was, which one was she? She was, she was the one, the, the really hot little wife. Oh, the, bl- the one yeah. who wasn't Aubrey Plaza. The yeah, other the ones. blonde one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she looks like how all Irish want, women want to look on holidays. Just like a lovely a gauzy film of freckles all over Pip her. Pip O'Connor. And, yeah. Pip, Pip O'Connor. O'Connor. That's, yeah. she's the, Pip O'Connor's the Irish, that lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think she's, I just think she's gorgeous. And yeah. I want to touch her. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll do one more of these and then we'll do the Q&A. Please have your hands up. There'll be a roving mic. Just Taylor Swift written down. <laughs> Is it really? Just Taylor Swift with, oh. all, with a very declarative full stop afterwards. Just like Taylor Swift, go. Well, I have meant, yeah. Ta- I mean, I've, I mean, we've spoken about her already, but yeah. the thing with Taylor Swift is that, like, I consider myself a very, like, middle-of-the-road fan, and yet I know everything and I'm obsessed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know everything and I'm, I'm obsessed, but I'm not... You know, I've had, I've, I've mentioned Taylor Swift and then people pounce and go, you're Swifty. And you're yeah. like, well, I don't know if I am because I don't know every single word to every single song she's ever written. And that's oh. what a true Swifty is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would like to be really obnoxious one of these days and do all too well, 10 minute version, Taylor's version at karaoke. Oh. <laughs> you better have a private room for that one. <laughs> that, I mean... I, yeah. she needs, I need her to come to this part of the world and I need to scream that song with 80,000 other people. Have we all been to Swiftageddon? It is incredible. And like, it, it, so it, it's literally, it's amazing. So literally it's like four or five hours of a single night out where they're just playing Taylor Swift song, no repeats. And I've, seen conf- the, I've never been, comments. but I've seen the videos. I've been to two. And again, think of myself as a very casual fan. It's like, you went, you've been to two tribute nights of this woman. And every time I'm there, I just think the same thing. I'm like, she's our age. It's like, you know, in Friends when Chandler is talking to Monica's millionaire boyfriend, and, she, yeah. she, and you're our age. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like, you have five hours of nonstop bangers, like more tracks than the Beatles, and they're all amazing. Yeah, they're all and you can dance to all of them, and you can cry to all of them. And you're 34. Yeah. Like, how is that? And I think it's really sad, because I think there's a lot of people in the world who are just like, Ugh, Taylor Swift, not for me. And you're like, are you sure? Yeah. yeah. Have you tried? Have, have you tried? <laughs> have you heard the good word? Have, <laughs> have you learned all the words to All Too Well? Ten yeah. minute version, Taylor's version. Ten minute version. I mean, Do you know what? I'll I'll give it to um your man. You know, Donny Darko. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. He's he's fifteen year old film. Um, he's maintained a, a real quiet on that. Yeah. I mean, he has. She's talking about everyone. No one's had a word Do you know what I don't her? like? I hate the, oh, we'll get another album out of her breakup with Joe. Yeah. It's like, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's grown up. Her al- like the albums, she, like every, most incredible music is born out of either love or hate. Mm. Just because she's more vocal about it and we know yeah. so much about her private life, it doesn't make the music any less worthy, you know? I, don't, I mean, she's, thing, you're totally right, and I completely agree. But there are there are also occasions where it makes the music more worthy. Like so, every now and like she, you know, she she releases a lot of albums, and as much as I love them, they can't all be bangers. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like there's somewhere you're like, this is a skip, you know. Mm. And um, but then you know, uh, shit, Swifty's gonna rush the stage. <laughs> this is, you call what a skip? 
Um, but um, so, it's, so I'll listen to a song or whatever, and then I'll see a TikTok that's like, oh, this is actually referring to this and yeah. this, and 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 the, drawing all the kind of spider diagrams together yeah. exactly. And then I'll be convinced that it's the best song I've ever heard in my yeah. entire life. So it's kind of like there is a question. It's like if you're going to you know, use your private life to bolster your art in a way that makes the art all the more irresistible. Do you have to take the rough with the smooth there, you know? Yeah, and I think she does. Yeah, she does. And yeah. she has, and she has soldiered through. Like, she's been up and down and through the ringer a few times, and she is now the biggest pop, you know, yeah. between her and Harry Styles. I mean, she's had him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My God. And she's our age, you know. <laughs> Um, okay, we've got five minutes left, so if we have our roving mics, can we get that um, down and some hands in the air, please? Oh, um, I really like your point that um, like the idea of a Karen is kind of us telling you whether to shut up. Mm -hmm. So if there were a male Karen, what would we name him? And, um, who is he and what's he like? I think in, in America there is, I think Chad is kind of the name that has come, but let's think of an Irish version. Oh. Maybe a... Oh, what if there's one Declan, here? A Declan, yeah. a Declan or a Finton, maybe. <laughs> oh, the name Finton has absorbed a lot of um, yeah. hatred somehow. I remember one, of, one of my favorite tweets of all time was a girl who was just angry on the day, and she, I think, she said a trio of bicycled Fintons. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's one of the most poetic thing I've ever, a trio ever heard. Of you know, they were wearing lycra Finton. and. Yeah, maybe a Finton or a... It's tough, isn't it? <laughs> like, our, when we came up with... When we named Ashling Ashling, mm -hmm. like I said, it was just we plucked an Irish girl's name yeah, yeah. out of the air. And we, did, we had a few people who were like, I hate that she's called Ashling. Like, it really offends me. Yeah. Or, like, not many, but a few. So, I mean, you don't want to say, oh, all Fintons are... You know, <laughs> I feel, as I said, I feel sorry for the Karens of today. And when I was in school, I feel like there were loads of Karens. It's a really popular name. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so maybe saying Finton here now is not the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but what is like, what does the Karen look like when it is a Finton kind of thing? Does it, do you think that kind of like aggression changes mm, when it's put yeah, in it's the male guys? I, I feel like it's different when it's a man. Yeah, yeah. It's, I just think it's a no, it like... You know when you're driving. <laughs> I, f I failed my theory, so. Oh. <laughs> like, it's always, like, hashtag not all men, not all men in black cars, but it's mm -hmm. always a man in a bla German yeah. black car. Like, do you know they do that jerky? Mm. Like, moving in and out. And they're like, and you're like, where are you going? <laughs> to get to Tesco quicker? Like, where are you going? Calm down. And if you took that man to task, you would find that his name is Finton. <laughs> <laughs> and he would think that you are just a stupid bitch who doesn't know how to drive. And you'd be yeah. like, but you're the one who's just crashed the car, Finton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're... <laughs> Karens are annoying, but Fintons cost lives. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't, if you were, you know, yeah. around and about with a Karen, you wouldn't have to drop your location. But yeah. if you're going anywhere with a Finton, maybe you should <laughs> tell your friends where you're going. <laughs> if your name is Finton, your license just comes with points on it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how it works. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, do we have any more? Is this on? Hi. Oh, hi. Hello. Uh, this is a Ashling Stan question. Mm. Um, I've heard rumours there's a TV slash movie in the works, and I'm just wondering who would be your sort of dream cast for the main characters you're casting? <sighs> oh. Speaking of Paul Meskel. <laughs> <laughs> he, his... His star has risen so high that when we first started working on Ashling for the screen, he was a legitimate, like, he could play John. And, wow. like, you know, his agent was contacted, all of that. But now he's just so... So, yeah. so he, would, he would be my dream John, just because he was such a John in normal people. <laughs> like, it felt like watching John. Like, it really did. And I loved normal people, both the book and the TV show. I thought they were sublime. But I just felt like I was watching John um, with just a little bit more emotional intelligence. <laughs> um, so he would be my dream John. Um, Ashling is harder um, because I feel like putting someone famous in the role of Ashling would, yeah. it would be the famous person and not mm -hmm, Ashling. Mm -hmm. um, so I would me and Sarah have always thought we'd love to like find Ashling. Like, um, I remember going to see um, circle of Friends on the stage sometime last year, I think, and the girl that was playing Benny gave me big Ashling vibes. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't know. I don't really have, I mean, people are like, oh, Saoirse, and it's like, Saoirse's too cool. She could play Sive, but she's not Ashling. Um, some people mentioned Nicola Coughlin. It was like, her Derry Girls character is very Ashling. Mm. Um, she's, you know, that's her character. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. Who might play Ashley? God, she's out there. She could be in this audience. She could be. You know? <laughs> All right, we've got one more, if anyone has one. Last chance, everybody. One more up there. At the back well, there. Then. You can just stand up and shout it. Oh, hi. hi. Oh, that's... Um, so yeah, with the end of Ashley, am I working on a solo novel? Ideally, I would be. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. So anyone who doesn't know, Sarah and I have just finished the fifth and final Ashling novel. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be out in September and we're like, we've, we're kind of sad about it, but we both would like to work. We, t we talk a lot about like what, I find it really hard to pin down an idea for a book and I don't know how people do it I have all of the it's like you can write about literally anything in the world mm. how do you decide mm. like with mm. Ashling, it was like okay well we have the character and we you know we've created the world so we know but like I'm really at sea about what to write about because I'm like do I just pick something out of that and go okay write about that. <laughs> like I need I I I am a chronic procrastinator like to a to a kind of a debilitating mm. level so I find it hard to sit down and, you know, just write a few hundred words a day and it'll come to you. And I'm like, write a few hundred words a day when nobody's breathing down my neck. Like, <laughs> why would I do that? <laughs> and it's and like do you a, think whatever you do next, it's going to be the two of you? No, I think I would like to write a book on my own. Sarah and I are working on the TV adaptation of Ashling. Um, and have been for a few years now. These mm -hmm. things just take a long time. So we're going to continue working on that together. Um, but I think we're, we both like to write our own separate books. Mm. Um, so yes, I suppose is the answer to your question. I just don't know what it's going to be about. <laughs> um, I haven't started it yet, um, even though we finished Ashling. 
and I have plenty of time to like write in, well, not plenty of time, but I don't know, what should I write about? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I so look forward to like maybe possibly rejoining Ashling in a few years after you've had your, you've sown your wild oats and seeing you know, what she might be like, you know, with kids or, yeah. you know, in, any of the things that her generation of people are Yeah, it's are sad bound to, to be through. saying goodbye to her, but we didn't want to really drag the arse out of it. We didn't want it mm. to become, too, I mean, some ridiculous things have happened, the big stink. <laughs> but we didn't want to drag the arse out of it. It's not to say we'll never return, um, but it, this is going to be the end of the books for now anyway. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being oh, here today. I love this. <laughs>